Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All-star game in the rearview mirror. And joining us now, Dan Wyke, covers the Lakers for the LA Times. Kind enough to join us. Dan, uh, I don't have any ice cream sandwiches to give you, but we appreciate you coming back on with us. Hey, Dan. Guys, uh, thank you for having me. Um, and thank you to Utah for, for a wonderful weekend. Uh, mostly for it just not being too cold and for the sun being out. That's, that's my big thanks. Well, we've got like three feet of snow coming, so you, they, the timing yep. of this could not have been any better because we're about to get hit with the apparently the storm of the century, have which you, sounds awesome. Have you heard about this storm, Dan, coming in? I did. I was tracking it. Um, it was. Uh, I was. I don't want to say happy to go. I was happy to leave <laughs> when I did. Um, you know, it's uh, sixty-five and sunny today in uh, Los Angeles, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, and I was I was literally talking earlier this morning with um, our mutual friend Bill Orem, and we were saying just you know it was a, it was a really nice weekend. So your overall impressions, not like uh, well, I don't know. There's might be a inferiority complex with Utah. We want to be loved. We sure. want to be appreciated. And Charles Barkley and Shaq took some shots that there's nothing to do, and that's fine. They're they're probably right. But with that said, give you've been to some All Star games. How did this one rank? It was really good. Um, I mean, everything but the game on Sunday, I yeah. thought, was um, a pretty big success. Um, you know, I mean, I can speak for myself personally. Like, you know, I, I ate well when I was in town. Um, I was able to find things to do. Um, you know, like, it, it does help knowing people, knowing locals and stuff like that. You know, like, I was able to get a couple drinks over at Junior's. Um, you know, downtown, which is a, just a terrific bar. I was able to, uh, you know, one of the things the NBA had set up was, um, you know, High West came through and like did some, some tasting for us and stuff like that. So that was very cool. I would have liked to have gone, um, to Park City to check that out, but I haven't seen enough time. And, and, you know, like things like, um, weather and walkability for me, like that stuff matters. 
in an awesome game. And, and you know, I mean, Salt Lake is beautiful um, when the sun is out and you can turn to your right and turn to your left and you see mountains and you see just sort of like, you know, postcard kind of, you know, skylines and stuff like that. And, and I got a ton of that. So I was there. I, it was it was really fun. Like I had a, I had a really nice time. Um, you know, look, all star in cold weather cities is always a little dicey. People always complain about it. Um, you know, if it was like, you know, if it was the middle of a the storm of the century, it, it would have been a much worse weekend, but it wasn't. Um, and it was never that bad. And, uh, like I said, I, I think all things considered, it was a pretty good weekend. Um, except for the all-star game, which was terrible. As I told you on Friday, Dan, it was my first opportunity to attend the All Star Weekend, and I just yeah, it, it exceeded all my expectations. I had I had an absolute blast. One thing that did catch my eye a little bit, and I got to go to every event, all the way from the celebrity event down to the uh, All Star yeah. Weekend. Um, I was a little bit surprised at the attendance. I felt like attendance at the Celebrity Game, the Rising Star, even the uh, skills competition was maybe a little lean. In your experience, how full are those arenas typically, and where did we match up yeah. with with our attendance here? So I wasn't at any of the Huntsman Center events, so uh, you know I can't really say. Um, you know, in terms of what that looks like to me, that is always sort of like you want to be a part of All Star Weekend, but you don't want to spend you know more than a hundred dollars to, to attend or even more. Right. Like, so you go to the celebrity game or you go to the, you know, to the, um, the rising stars game is usually, um, you know, that's not typically like a pack to the rafters event. Um, you, you know, I thought on Sunday, um, you know, being, um, at the arena in person, it was sort of a late arriving crowd, which is great because that thing took forever anyways. But it wasn't like it was. It wasn't packed um, by the time you know LeBron and Giannis like were on stage drafting players. Like, it, but it but it filled up, um, you know. And I thought the atmosphere Saturday was awesome, um, you know, especially for the the marquee events. And it, it, it's just it's a weird these things. I think when they're in markets are a little strange, right? Because it's sort of like the Super Bowl in which, like, tickets become very expensive and, like, your season ticket holders get a crack at them. Um, but, you know, there's also a lot of tickets that are, are in, in different hands, right? They're in the hands of league people, they're in the hands of sponsors and, and stuff like that. And you just, you never really know, um, you know, who's going to go, right? And, and to me, I think that, like, two of the things that I would say that, that spoke the loudest volumes to me was, um, our hotel was right across the street from the convention center where the, the crossover event was. And I saw huge lines there, tons of families and stuff like that. And to me, that is the, when you have an all-star event, like that is the thing because that's where you can go with your family and not spend a thousand dollars and you can give them a taste of the all-star game. When the Super Bowl was in Los Angeles, like that's where I took my kids was to the convention center event. You know what I mean? When mm. the, um, there was another, uh, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. There, were, there was like another sort of, um, the Major League All-Star game, sorry, was there last year. That was like what I did with my children. It's like we went to that because that sort of, to me, is like the fan fest. is like the biggest single perk. And 
I don't know what the crossover numbers were totally. I can just tell you, like, I saw big lines, and um, that's good. That That's basically, you know, I mean, that to me would be the biggest thing, I think. And then from there, it's sort of like, you know, what was the vibe like around the city? You know, like, were the bars full? Were the restaurants full? And, um, you know, it was, for me, at least the, the busiest weekend I've ever seen in Salt Lake City. Is there any... Um... I mean, obviously, the the game stunk. I mean, it was worthless. It, it was stunk. it was really bad. Yeah, it was really really Is, bad. You know, when when we looked at the NFL Hall era Pro Bowl game, there was a desire to make it better. Is there a desire by the NBA to try to improve that game, or is it just well, it is what it is? Well, so I think there. I mean, yes, there is a desire to make it better. I mean, like I talked to plenty of NBA people who you know use the word embarrassing, um, and. I think, though, you know, ultimately, like, the issue here isn't a format change. It isn't a bigger pot of money at the end. Um, It's not a lot of draft. It's it's none of those things. Like, to me, this very specifically comes down to the players. And, um, you know, people who have played pickup basketball um, know that there are ways that you can play where you can really mitigate, you know, injury concerns. If this is really about injury concerns, I'm not 100% sure it is. But I mean, like, you can play defense on the perimeter. You can challenge jump shots in ways that, I mean, particularly, I think it's perimeter defense. Like, that's why the game looks so bad. Um, Jalen Brown called it, you know, a glorified layup line when I was talking to him post-game. And, and I think that's, like, basketball at its best is when it's, like, there's reaction to resistance. You know, guys getting dunked on, guys getting, you know, crossed over and stuff like that. The defense has to be there as sort of a um, an impediment for, like, the offense to really be exciting. Um, and, look, no one wants – no one's expecting game seven of the, the, the NBA Finals. I don't think we want to see, you know, Pete Rose truck Ray Fossey and end his career, some version of that in the NBA All-Star game. I think that's crazy. Um, and it's always going to be kind of a, you know, a bad exhibition game. There's an element of that. Like, it's an exhibition game. It's going to look like that. It just can't be that bad. Like, like you know, Nikola Jokic, who is um, having the best season in the NBA right now, said after the game, like, this game isn't for me. That's not a Nikola Jokic problem. That's an all-star game problem. You know, like the, like, the best players in the game should be able to function and should be able to thrive, but if there's no defense to pass around if there's there's no um there's no canvas for which Nikola Jokic like you know do his art then um the players need to step up and provide that and it's I think it's like honestly I think it's like just 10 percent more effort would make it a way more palatable um experience than what we got on Sunday I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold in October of 1985 a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. I don't know how you do it, but somehow take the energy of the three-point contest and, and spread it around a little bit. I, I felt like that was the highlight <clears throat> the highlight of the weekend for me, Dan. I thought Damian Lillard winning it in a Weber State jersey yeah. was a pretty cool moment. And the way it happened, if you kind of walk people through the way that, that win came down, it was it was by the final shot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the last. It was like a last second shot. It was exactly like, you know, what you wanted. What you know, and, and salute in my mind, right? Like salute to Damian Lillard, salute to Jason Tatum, uh, salute to Julius Randle, who performed awfully in the three point contest, but was an all star who performed on Saturday night. Um, to me, that is like that. That is that is what you want. Is you want to see the best players in the game, the all stars, taking taking you know part in these events. And you know, Dame and, and, and the Weaver State jersey. Um, we heard about it earlier in the day on Saturday. I, mean, I think it would have been kind of even more fun if it was like a little bit of a surprise. But um, you, you know, just such a loyal dude, um, somebody who's like so in touch with where he's from and where he's been. Um, really special moment. You know, I, I mean, I thought the dunk contest was terrific. So um, I was, I was. This sounds like hindsight. I was not one of the people surprised that Mac McClung was awesome. Um, I thought Trey Murphy was really, really good. I mean, to, to my point, sort of about how you need a foil right on defense, like Mac McClung was great, um, and Trey Murphy was great competition. And to me, it was as far as like, you know, no stars really in the dunk contest, it went as well as it could have possibly have gone. It was fast, it was lean. There weren't missed dunks. Um, I, I thought to me, like, you know, that 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 to me, if there's a single biggest winner for the weekend, it might be Mac McClung. And, and then, you know, I think Dane in the three-point contest is probably my, my second favorite moment. And then if I had to pick one from the game, I, I did like when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown went at each other in the third quarter, um, you know, five or six possessions in a row. That was really fun. But, like, way down there is, like, the scoring record, which, to me, meant nothing. Um, you know, way down there is the game. But I thought I thought you're right. I mean, like, Dame was, like, sort of a hometown hero. It was fun to watch Donovan Mitchell get going a little bit. It's good to see Larry Markin in the same lineup. That was nice. Um, you know, like, it was a pretty like it was a pretty good weekend. And I think, you know, once the, the sort of buzz from it, like, kind of fades, we'll be able to look back in a few months, and I think – you know, the Lillard in the three-point game to be one of the moments I remember. And that's, that's basically all you can ask for out of these weekends is a few moments at stake. So uh, I saw a report earlier today that, uh, or maybe it was yesterday, that Vegas has actually diminished the championship odds of the Clippers with the news yeah. that uh, Russell Westbrook could be on its way. Uh, look, the buyout we all anticipated was going to happen. Now he goes on his way to apparently the Clippers. How, how do they make this work in L.A. with that, uh, with that team, with him on the roster? Um, it's a big swing, guys. Um, this feels sort of like a response, a player-driven response to Kevin Durant going to Phoenix. I kind of felt that the Durant trade, um, in addition to the Suns, affected the Clippers the most 
is maybe like, um, you know, really, really shortening their window. And I, this, this feels a little desperate. Um, I will say I, I would not be shocked if Russell Westbrook plays better than he played with the Lakers. It, it was, we talked about this, like a really bad, a really bad fit in LA for a lot of reasons. And I think the Clippers have some better pieces to put around. This is crazy to put around him. And this is part of the problem, right? Is that like, you really shouldn't be putting pieces around a guy that you get on the bio market with 25 games left, right? Like he should be a piece that you are putting around Paul George and Kawhi Lennon. But the issue is, is that that is very much not Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, the way I've been kind of describing it is that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to just have Russell Westbrook on your team without becoming a Russell Westbrook team. If that makes sense. Right. Like just the, the way he plays, it's sort of the, the loudest voice in the room. And, um, you know, like those, those guys don't fade to the background very easily. So, uh, you know, I think I'm a little surprised that the Clippers did this, um, knowing kind of some of their internal discussions about it, knowing about how management felt about some of this. But I think ultimately support from the coaching staff and from the players um, led the, the Clippers to try this. And um, it, it's a real big swing. Have you got any details on the right-hand contusion that kept LeBron out of the second half of that All-Star game? Yeah, yeah. He got his, um, as I talk about how there needs to be defense, he got hurt playing defense. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, trying to block a shot, he, you know, he got his finger kind of caught in the rim. Um, no one seems really that worried about it. I think he was um, very focused anyways on um, the second half of the season, well, the post-All-Star break portion of the season, um, the Lakers have such an uphill climb. Um, and he's been, you know, pretty legitimately banged up. I think, um, you know, for him, it was great to be there, to get celebrated. Uh, but this was a get-in, get-out situation. And um, he was one of the first people out, usually is, at the end of the All-Star break to – try to go. I'm sure he's went to some tropical locale for a few days here before the Lakers practice again tomorrow, um, which I wouldn't even be stunned if he gets an excuse day there. Um, but <clears throat> to me, it was a, uh, when it happened at first, like there was an element of like, okay, here we go. Like this has been sort of what it's been like covering the Lakers for the last three seasons, which is like, invariably when somebody says they're going to do everything they can to be healthy, that they almost immediately get in your, like, this has been a lot of times. Like, Anthony Davis says, like, he wants to play two games, and then his back starts to spasm, and then you're like, okay, well, that was fast. Um, so there was a little bit of that. I think they avoided anything major here, um, but we should get more tomorrow to see. Uh, I mean, like, I would anticipate that. Um, my, my eagle eye reporting watched him um, – with the gapping up and down the sidelines with people after the, the halftime uh, ceremony for him and Kamalon and Kumbhul Jabbar, and I did not see any ill effects in his handshakes with uh, with his right hand. So, uh, it was contused. He was able to, to to bite his left and handshake everybody he saw there. So, I, I think it'll be fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he is. Dan, thanks for your time, man. Always good to catch up. And again, thanks for your time last week too. We we appreciate you great, stopping by. Great to meet you, Dan. Thank you, guys. I, I, I hope you had a good time, and uh, I look forward uh, to the next time I'm in There you go. Sounds great. That's Dan Wyke from the L.A. Times joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.